amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. It has been long overdue to expose the truth that the Democrats and Republicans are sucking the life out of America's liberty and usurping our rights at every turn. Now is the time to seize our civil liberties and take back our individual rights. Here on Southern Liberty, we will expose it all. With his musket on his back, the Declaration of Independence in one hand, and the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Roderick Threets. Listen here, Southern Liberty family. Welcome. Appreciate y'all coming through this evening. All my folks out in uh, Hendry County, Dade County, Collier County, Lee County, Palm Beach County, listening on public radio. I appreciate y'all 100%. 
And you already know how we do on Sundays. Get get uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. And you also know we keep it black on Sundays. Because, you know, you know, black folks like myself and other fellow, fellow civil libertarians, we barely have a voice, you know, out here in this sphere. And, and I'm thankful for everybody that does listen um, and, and take feedback, give me feedback, input, all that good stuff. And, all, and a shout out to all, everybody that's been with me from day one. And those of you know who you are, the ones that were on, on my podcast platform right from the start. I appreciate y'all 100% because without y'all, there would be no me. You know, y'all y'all push me to keep going. Y'all keep coming back for, for, for more information um, and just thoughts from a different different sphere of influence. You know what I mean? So this evening we're gonna we're gonna get in we're gonna talk about something again that never gets talked about. You know, we 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 always hear about you know. Th- I mean, this is one of the subjects. I mean, it's gonna go off in other subjects, but we we'll always hear about talk about you know black Democrats, you know, and, and their political power and how uh, black Republicans don't you know do not have any power. Black conservatives, but then you know us us. There's us black black libertarians and black civil libertarians like myself. We we don't even have a voice in the sphere anywhere. Like, you know, we get you know we get shunned by both sides because, you know, the 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 two factions are afraid of their own statism. They get in their own way. They get in their own way, and they want to allow government to get in their own way. So we're gonna first we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna start this discussion out talking about specifically about you know as black civil libertarians do we even have a, a true place in 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 the american discourse you know in this discussion and i brought on a special guest this evening a lot of you guys that's coming over from from uh, uh tiktok and all that good stuff that started listening i appreciate y'all y'all know who this man is um he's very well he's very well spoken he's uh He's a tell it like it is, just like the song. And he's he's all about liberty. He, he's he's all it, nothing else matters. It's almost like talking to my clone almost sometimes when it just comes to liberty. It's liberty is liberty is liberty, period, no matter which way you slice it. And too many people eat the humble pie when they try to usurp someone else's liberty because the will of the man will all will always prevail will always prevail in every single circumstance so without further ado let me go ahead and introduce my my, my fellow my fellow blood brother from the good old northeast mr mr burt what's going on brother hey what's going on mr rod you doing okay tonight man i'm i'm blessed and highly favored i i'm hiding from the rona you know what I'm saying? I'm I, not, I, I, I'm I not, walk. I'm, I'm not scared of no Rona. <laughs> hey, I'm walking around with Lysol cans. Oh, <laughs> I'm spraying everything. What you come six weeks? <laughs> back up, super spreader. Back up, back up, super spreader. I gotta I, I got tell you, the, the one thing I liked about about the plan, the, the pandemic, is I never really liked people to get within six feet of me anyway. So I was happy with that. You got a point there. <laughs> you, you have a very valid point. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, you, you you said you said something. Uh, you know, intro. I was listening to your intro. That was uh, you know, very laudatory, and I I appreciate it. Um, and I'm happy to be your clone. Um, that I, I look at that as a as a high compliment. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about uh, you know libertarians, conservatives, black libertarians, and conservatives talk a lot about you know how we're we're kind of you know if you will disenfranchised within the black within the black community, or almost within political thought at all sometimes. Um, and you know what we have to do is and it it it, it it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but we've got to stop talking about party because party doesn't matter. Um, black people just for so long have been so wed. Uh, I've used harsher words before to, to the Democrat Party. It's hard to peel them from that. But you know, if you, in my mind, if you talk about statism and liberty, I, I, I'm baffled that we can't win them over with that. Although it hasn't worked yet, um, because you look at a people who, you know, who who are descendants of slaves. Yet they don't treasure liberty enough. That doesn't make sense to me. The reason I'm a libertarian is because because I, because Frederick Douglass was. It just makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that that's the only argument to have, and to 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 be to be treated badly by a government historically, and then to trust that government to take care of you now makes no sense. Nope. Why? Why are we? I mean, you can't you can't be a Democrat without having an enormous trust for big government, and that doesn't make sense. I mean, there's statism on both sides for sure, but the Democrats own that. They've always been that way. Yeah, they have. So, and, and, and going back to even even the good old good old Freddie, there, you know what I mean? He was he was also, and, and I've gotten to this conversation with black conservatives before, and I was like, you do know Freddie was also the birthright of black conservatism because his cool. underpinnings of liberty comes from there now black a lot of black conservatives don't get to the liberty extreme as douglas does you know what i mean like we do right but right their their, their foundation is based on douglas but yet Absolutely. they turn around and they and, and they deny him and then for the democrats to literally spit in his face with the things that they're doing, and, and I mean the whole conglomerate, black, white, Asian, purple, green, yellow, right? I, I, I mean, I put out a video earlier, I think it was yesterday, yesterday, yesterday evening or earlier today, and a guy asked what would be one thing that would trigger Democrats, and I specifically said that Frederick Douglass would smite you down because of your contribution to white supremacy and statism using your immutable characteristic as a weapon to wield it. That's right. That's right. I made that, I made that argument myself in a recent video, um, is, is that, you know, whenever this comes up, it comes up all the time in social media, this whole, you know, you know, can't, you know, can a black person be racist or not? And my take on that is, and at some point it'll land on the right ear, um, but my take on that is if, if you believe that black people cannot be racist, that that in it in and of itself is a racist thing to say because what you're putting into permanent is that is that white people are or are a superior race and that black people are an inferior race. You have to believe that to believe that black people cannot be racist towards white people, and that's the kind of thought that's just cancerous. I think. Right, it, it, um, it is liberty, cancerous. You're right. You're go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, liberty, liberty requires that that we deal with hard truth. You know, it, it requires that we deal with things. As they are, not as we wish them to be. Not, you know, we can't redefine terms all the time. The redefinition of terms matters not to me, you know, honestly, because just because you change what you call something doesn't change the truth of what it is. 
Right. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, liberty requires, you know, you have to look at, at truth in its face. And we're just not able to do that. You know, I know it, it sounds bad, but I just, black people, I'll say it, black people, by and large, are not able to look at the hard truths of the situations that, that befall us. They're just not able to do that right now. I mean, I am, you are, um, but they, I'll just use the word they, are not. The black liberals are not capable of that. No, That's because, we, right, and, and, and just like going back to what you were just saying a second ago about the change in the meaning of words, they can change the meaning of words all day long, but the etymology of the word will never change. The root of the right. word and the meaning of the word will never change. So you, you, you right. can tell me that's a skunk and I know and I know it's a possum. It ain't going to change the fact that I know that's a possum. It's not going to change the fact that, exactly. you know what I mean? They're not even closely related, but you're going to continue to tell me that 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 that's a that that's a that's a uh, whatever, right? But that that's neither here nor there. But going back to your other point before that one, right? Yeah. The 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 whole black folks can't be racist, right? See, here's the problem with that, and and, and I don't think the black left gets it, right? I mean, we black folks came out of bondage, out of slavery. Right. I mean, slavery, the institution of slavery in itself created a a, a, a statist problem. Right. Because I mean, if we look at it right, I mean, the three fits clause. I mean, you, you just ex- you, you literally expanded the state without, without going to complete total historical detail. But that expanded the state now that they are free, they had to make sure that those slaves did not go back into slavery with the 13th and the 14th Amendment, even though we know things happen all through there because people wanted to defy the law in the South. But that's another story for another day. But getting to the point where Frederick Douglass said, you know, hey, we're, 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 we're you know, I mean, we have liberty to do as we wish now. Right. We have made progress you know, towards being a, a more perfect, uh, a more better and perfect union. But see, when you have people that say black folks cannot be racist, what you are what you are doing by default is expanding the state because now people are going to say, well, we need to institute laws to make sure black mm-hmm. folk can get on an equal footing, affirmative action being one of them. They will create laws or, or, or create policy that points at one racial demographic or another, like you're expanding this and giving them more control over what your morality is, what and shaping shaping to you, shaping to people what liberty looks like. Like well, it, you know, it, what, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, because I was going to get on the tangent, so you go ahead. Complete your thought. No, I was I was going to say if we look back at Jim Crow, right? Jim Crow taught us a couple things, right? One, that black folk, even though they did not have the liberty to walk into a white establishment, unless they sat in a specific area or go to a a, a bathroom where their bathroom and sink was in a different place, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Black folks still had the liberty to move about within the black community and still build wealth. They still had that liberty to do it. They did not stop black folks from prospering during Jim Crow. They just said, you can't right. go on a white folks stuff. That's right. That's all they said. And then folks seem to forget that part of it and forget, you know, that that legacy. Even though I don't agree with W. Dubois for what he did, more uh, more Booker T. ish, right? But same here. You you got it. You have to stand on your own two feet now. You have the opportunity to stand on your two feet, no matter what system they thrown at you. We have thrived, and here today we're going back. We're going back to Jim Crow, just like Joe Biden said, Jim Crow 2.0. But they are doing it. It's interesting because, you know, like what you just explained is perfect. I don't know if I thought about it quite the way quite the way you just explained it. And it's weird. Like some of these concepts are you have to be when you're explaining it to young people, you have to be incredibly artful about it because everything you just said would trigger most of these guys. Um, But the fact of the matter is, as far as self-determination goes, you could make an argument that we were that, that we were more self-determinant during Jim Crow than we are now because they've destroyed our well we have allowed the state to destroy our ability to do that on any grand scale by introduce by bringing the government in as our daddy figure you know over the years yep so but yeah interesting um affirmative action is it, you, that was my tangent because you mentioned affirmative action yeah, when I went ahead. to college. I I had uh, I had a few options. I could have gone to Georgia State. Um, I could have gone to shit. What was the other school? Um, I could have gone to uh, actually. I, I could have. I would have had to pay for it, but I could have gone to to, uh, to UCLA. But I chose to go to an HBCU, and the reason I did that was because this is how I was back then, even as a seventeen-year-old. Even though I had better options for schools, I couldn't stomach the idea of someone thinking I didn't belong there. You know what I mean? I, I definitely sure do. I didn't want people to think, and I, you know, I'm not saying it would have. I mean, it, I, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't have deserved to be there. That my grades weren't good enough for that. But I know if, if I were a white guy looking at the black guy, I would assume, oh, this guy's not as smart as me. He got here on a favor. Um, so you know, it, it shaped it shaped how I how, how I you know went through my life because I never wanted to be tied to affirmative action. But the worst thing about affirmative action is it robs. We remember that there was a video going around a while ago that I think we all touched on. It robs a, a person's accomplishments from him because people right. look at that with an asterisk. Like you did what you did because of, that lady was right in a lot of ways. She was an artful and she shouldn't have said it. But that's the same feeling that I had. That's probably why I was triggered so much by it, because th- that's how we actually feel. It's like, I've done all these things, but do you really believe I've done all these things? Or do you think that right. my favorite helped me? 
So it, that's the problem I don't like with that, right? Especially now. I think we're I think we're long past needing to have it like that because the Asian community makes a makes a strong argument with their lawsuit that we're kind of past that, and it's and it, it's a little bit. You know, I'm not gonna I don't like the term reverse racism, but we've come to the point where it doesn't make sense on paper. No, no none of it. Right. No, none of it. None of it makes sense on paper. Right. And, and, you know, referring to that, that one video. Right. I mean, yeah, she she had a point to a degree. But yep. to me, it depends on what era you're coming out of, too. And location. Location is everything. Right. Because, I mean, gr- growing up in the Deep South. Right. People would automatically think that oh all the racism is down here and this that and the third and i had you know the the people that i went to school with the you know the town i lived in etc like they weren't sitting there trying to give black folks a hand up I mean, I, I mean, a handout. I'm sorry. They're trying to say, hey, you can do it. Just do it like this or go this route. You know what I'm saying? They weren't right. sitting there advocating, say, well, I think this is this is this is a good Negro. They weren't doing that. They were yeah, they were showing that. right. They were showing me the ropes that way. When I got to where I needed to be, I was already stellar. They couldn't overlook me because of my skin tone, because. I was automatically stellar and affirmative action had its purpose, right? Had its purpose, especially when I was growing up, right? Coming, you know, coming out of, you know, that era with the Philadelphia plan and the great society plan and all that. It did some good because it started changing people's minds about what was happening. Number two, Generation X, the people that graduated high school during Late, I said mid, I said, I would say mid, mid generation X, like mid nineties, early nineties that graduated high school. We were a different breed of people because we, we, we knew about racist Joe on our family and we knew about auntie, auntie Karen over here. um, just saying, running her mouth. Right. And we knew we didn't want to be like those people because we seen how they upset family members. (laughs) So we knew, like, okay, we're not going to be like that. And we're just built different. And we had this time of peace, right? We had we had this time of peace during this whole time. And then all of a sudden, we got all this race nonsense thrown in our face. Well, and the thing is, it's, it's mostly being thrown in our face by 25-year-olds who don't have a clue. Like I'm listening to them, and, and they're and, he's, and they, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you, you, what are? You're, and they're manifesting. You know, I hear these kids really talking about how 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 oppressed they are, and I'm like, where where did you Where was this? What are you talking about? You know, um, it's not. It, it's it's almost. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful. Disrespectful to my grandfather. He's 80 years old now. You know who. You know, was an officer was an officer in the army. So he's a lieutenant colonel. He's a black lieutenant colonel. My grandfather. He's a black lieutenant colonel in the sixties, right? Fifties and sixties. Right. You know, he's a black lieutenant colonel. Everywhere he went, he had to. He, you know, he he was like, well, I, you know, you're a lieutenant colonel, but you're a black lieutenant colonel, so you need to go there. So he dealt with that. I mean, it's disrespectful for a twenty five year old to talk about oppression because it's. We, I didn't go through it, so I know they didn't go through it. 
That's exactly correct. And and, and yeah. when, when, when you when, when you when you ask them where is this oppression, they try to deflect. Well, it's everywhere. Or they'll be like, you just don't see it. And I'm like, I'm older than you. I come from a period in time where that stuff was subsiding. Show me where this oppression right. is. Show me where this oppression is, and I will stand there with you and call it out. But if you can't show it to me, take a seat. I told I told I speak. I'm like I said, man. I told him. Uh, I said, look, man. Like I'm 50 freaking years old, and when I, you know, and I got on TikTok not that long ago. I mean, you know, I got you know what November something like that. So I get on TikTok, and within. Once I once I transitioned to political, which didn't take long for me, once I started doing political stuff, I was called a coon almost immediately. And the shock value, you remember that. I don't react to it anymore. But you know, yeah. you called me what? <laughs> you know, I was you know, and 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 I had to think about my entire life, and I can only think of one time that a, that a white person called me the N word one time in my entire life that someone did that to me. Right and on and really kind of under his breath, and my father dealt with that because I was kind of young. But one time, so I basically go my entire life, and the first time I hear a racial slur is from a black, it's from a twenty-five year old black kid. It's the first time. Yeah. So yeah. What are we doing? We're 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 uh, uh what's that called? Uh, Stockholm syndrome, right? Yeah. But 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 it but it's almost. See, I I call it. I, I call the slavery bit. I call it um, well, historical. P- well, not even that. I call it historical PTSD, right? Because okay. it's been it's been beat into black folks like you were slaves and you were like treated like you were nothing. And now look how the government is doing you. And then when election cycle goes on, look the white supremacists are trying to take over Congress. They've beat that horse, right? Even going back to their political Democrats underlying underlying political campaign, vote like your life depends on it, or vote or die. This is every four years exactly. Every four years, they just change the words. So now people are like, "Oh my God, the slavery! They're gonna put us back in chains." They're they're gonna they're gonna drag you from the back of a pickup truck. Every four years, it's something like that. Yeah, exactly. There's a new metaphor. Yep. You know. Um, you know, and then, you know, in the 80s, you know, lynchings, you know, it's, it's always, it's always something, but it's always every four years. And, and, and you're right. They, they've got black people in this permanent state of pseudo slavery, of pseudo Jim Crow, like the mentality of Jim Crow without actual Jim Crow. Like they right. have people thinking that they're actually in a Jim Crow world without actually being in a Jim Crow world. It's, sur- it's surreal. You yeah. know, as an older guy, I'm looking at this and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and they've got to think about this. Let's think about this. I'm going to run through this really quick. Hopefully this will crystallize in my head as I'm, as I'm speaking. So they've got, we've got, we've got, you know, you know, coming in, you know, starting in the eighties and going on, I guess to now you've got, you know, gangster rap music and glorification of, uh, of, 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 you know, denigrating black women and celebrating violence and murder and, and drugs, all the worst things of society. But we've got that introduced in, in, into. We've got that. I'll, I'll put the blame on us. We've got that introduced in, into a society, and then you've got us. Somehow they've got us to where we celebrate people who are criminals. You know, we built statues and monuments to people who are who are criminals. Forget about all the other stuff. Yeah, okay. 
you know, he was killed by a cop and all of that, but they've got us so willing to celebrate criminals all along, you know, and we'll celebrate all of them, and we'll build statues for all of them. There's something about that, because I hate to beat up on black people here for this little, this little diatribe going on, but I don't see anybody else doing that. Nobody's doing that. But we're culturally predisposed to do that. We've been conditioned to do that since the 80s, at least since the 80s. We're the only ones. That's slave stuff, man. That's manipulation of the mind. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, I, I mean, even it, even if we get back right, and let's just let's just let's just go back to Obama okay. a second, right? Like, not one time. This is how crazy this is, right? Not one time did that man advocate or even speak up on anything black. Think about that a second. No, he didn't. And I, and I predicted he wouldn't do that. I knew he, he wouldn't do that, and he, he, and he didn't. He turned around, right, and stepped on Black Liberty by DACA because these people weren't going to Prince George's County, Maryland. They're going to the heart of Baltimore. They were going to Southeast DC. They were, these people were going to places like that where, you know, especially Baltimore, where people are struggling. People are struggling, and you're just going to add another 10,000 people to West Baltimore for what? Yeah. Well, Democrats play the long game. I mean, they're, re- they're really, they're much better at it than, in my view, they're better at the Republicans. But they play the long game, and they know, they predicted long ago, but they kind of engineered it, so it's not hard to predict it. But they're looking at, at, at the Hispanic population, like it or not, whether they're right or wrong, as, you know, you know, come 2030, that's the population you need to hold. Because black people, the problem, so here's, here's what kind of happened. So, and I, this is what I think the political scientists in the Democrat Party are doing right now, like over the last 20 years is what we're doing. They're like, okay, so we did this abortion thing. We had our reasons for that, for, for you know, for, 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 you know, celebrating, if you will, abortion. And I was talking to someone on, on, on social media earlier, you know, just to kind of open their eyes. I'm like, what? It, I asked them. I said, what? It, what is the what percentage of the black? What percentage of America is the black population? And everybody kind of knows that. And they said 13. percent I'm like, 13.4 percent. Right? You realize it's been. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Within a percentage point of 13.4 since 1979 or 80, it's always been there. It's always been 13.4 or 12, I think, at one point, right? And if you pull up a chart, and I did this a long time ago, if you pull up a chart and look at the black population, it's, it basically goes in a straight line for many decades. It goes in a straight line. And all the other populations go up like they should over time. Hispanic, Asian, white, white kind of flat lines, but they're still at 10%, so it doesn't really matter. But all of the minority, it's not, don't include white people into this. But if you just look at minority groups, all of the minority groups go up except for black people. And so I ask them, why do you think that is? Because it's not because of gang violence. The numbers don't, the, the numbers don't add up. There are 4,000 or so, I think, like 4,000 or so you know, murders, in, murders in this country a year. I mean, something like that. But that's not enough to move 13.4 million one way or the other. Nope. No, it's abortion. It has to be abortion. The only thing that can move that, that, that can move or not move that number is abortion. And you know yep. the numbers on that. Yep. So they're looking so so the political scientists are looking at that and they're like, Okay, right, Republicans are starting to like eat in, getting eight percent and put resident elections eight percent, six percent six percent, eight percent. I think, you know, within the next probably the next cycle, I think we might even break the twelve percent, which is sad that I'm celebrating that. But I think if Trump ran again, he would get like twelve percent and it would be a big deal. But Democrats are looking at that, and they're like, okay, we got to hedge ourselves here. And the hedge, and they've been planning this for decades, the hedge is Hispanic. That's why they treat the Cubans the way they treat the Cubans. They don't want Cubans anywhere in this country because they're afraid that the Cubans will corrupt the other Latin Americans. That's how they think. We can't have some, yep. can't have some Latinos being Republican and some not. We're afraid that, the, you know, because, you, know, you know, a guy from Venezuela is probably going to agree with a guy from Cuba with regard to socialism. Right. So you got to keep right. Anyway, that's, that's my. Those right. are all. Those are all Bert theories on this. It, 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 the, the theories are pretty solid because I mean, we we can't even begin. See, it, it, it's, let me go back. It's stuff like this, right? And, and, I, and I'm about to go very broad with this a second before we actually get back to the core conversation, right? Yeah. You have groups. We're just, two, we're, just two, we're just two guys having a conversation, man. You know, we have folks out here, especially in this country. I'm going to use America, right? We we, we have almost 90% of the 12.88% of the American population. You know which demographic I'm talking about. That yep. is okay with shouting, I'm pro-black. They're okay with saying we're oppressed. They're okay with maligning themselves because of their immutable characteristic. But we have black Cubans that are literally being oppressed. And not near one of them jive turkeys have said a word about it. You oh, no. you so pro black you so pro black. Yeah, 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 we have. We're supporting the Cuban government. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we, 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 so we, we, 
we so pro-black though, right? And we're, 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 we're supposed to be down for black people all over because we're so oppressed people. We've been, you know, we've been beaten and killed and all this stuff. But you have, check this out. You have, I'm going to call it what it is. You have a, you had a, actually you have two, three white men. Let's call it what it is. Because Cubans are Spaniards first before they're anything else. And Spaniards are white. Let's get this. Here's what screwed up. You got the three white dudes, both Castro's and Pinel, tamping down on the brown and black folks in their country. But you don't hear, you hear only, you only hear support for the government for oppressing their people. And you got black and brown people being stepped on. See, I, I think it's a moment of cognitive dissonance for these people because they see this white Spaniard, right, sitting at the helm of power, treating black folks like the slaves, some of the slaves were treated in Alabama and Mississippi. So Back during our American here, slavery. The problem here is, and this is on topic, this is with regard to, to, to Cuba and, and how that was handled in the black community, is that, I mean, say what you want about BLM. The foot soldiers are probably idiots, but the leadership is well-trained and understand what they're talking about. The leadership, they're Marxists, they're socialists, they get it. So at this point in time in America, the pro-black movement, all those guys, they're taking their talking points from BLM. BLM's the one who came out and supported the government. Everyone else has followed suit. And and and, and do they not? BLM did. Yeah, and, 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 because, and they don't see a problem with that either. They don't see a problem with that. that. Was, and BLM wasn't taking into consideration race. They were taking into consideration uh, socialism and communism. They That's can't, right. They, they, they can't go against them. So there's their dissonance. Yeah. Oh, and and, and, and people again, right? And I'm going to go there again because I love going there. And my listeners love when I go there because I put a different spark contrast on it like we always do. Yep. Was it what, what was it not? Check this out. Was it not white men that enslaved black folk? Right. It, it was white men in America. Right. And then we're so oppressed because of those white men that kept black folks in slavery. But I look at Maduro. I look at Pinel and Castro. And it's the same exact damn thing. But they can't speak yeah. out against that because, again, like you said, that's communism, socialism, what they want. The slaves were, were freed. They was given liberty. They were given, finally given liberty to move about this country as they wanted to after the 14th Amendment. But they just, they just want to cite, oh, we're, they were oppressed because we were slaves, but they can't talk about anything after that because it messes up well, their logical thinking. They, they, you're right. They, they pick and choose through history just for things that, 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 that trigger them or, or, or substantiate um, their oppression, and it's and it's just weak. I mean, for for a seventeen or an eighteen year old to talk that way, it's just weak. There's, you know, that's not part of their experience. And and I'm a firm believer that history is important, but it's not as important as you think, 
what's more important is the present, you know, and, and dealing with the circumstances that you currently find yourself in. Because there are problems that we need to deal with today. Today. That have nothing to do with the history of this country. But we're not dealing with those because, you know, people want to talk about Jim Crow. You know, and, and I'm sorry, man. That's not, that's not my experience. I'm way too young for Jim Crow. You know, barely, but I'm way too young for Jim Crow. That's my father's experience. And my father would not want me to be carrying the weight of his experience. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. It never does. It never does. It never does make sense. Hey, brother Burke, we got to go to break real quick. Um, so y'all, y'all sit back and uh, do your. You, you are you guys already know how this goes down. Y'all sit back, relax. We got to pay the bills real quick and all that good stuff. And we'll be back here in five. I'm Joe Chiro, Fox News. That's the question being asked now that a federal moratorium on evictions has expired. Some lawmakers are calling for another extension, but the Biden administration wants local governments to use emergency rental assistance funding and money from the American Rescue Plan to provide aid. National Economic Council Director Brian Deese. President Biden has been on this issue since day one, secured an additional $20 billion for states and localities for exactly this purpose, and got all of that money to the states and the localities this spring. That money is there. The states have the tools. The localities have the tools. And there's no excuse. Deese on Fox News Sunday. Infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci says the outbreak of COVID-19 and the Delta variant will get worse because there still aren't enough people who are fully vaccinated. We're looking not, I believe, to lockdown, but we're looking to some pain and suffering in the future because we're seeing the cases go up, which is the reason why we keep saying over and over again, the solution to this is get vaccinated, and this would not be happening. Fauci on ABC's This Week, but the director of the National Institutes of Health told CNN today that vaccinations were up 56% in the past two weeks. The NYPD continues to investigate after 10 people in a crowd outside a Queens laundromat received non-life-threatening injuries when they were shot last night. Eric Adams is the Democratic nominee for mayor of New York City. We need a joint a gangs and guns task force with the federal, state, and city city coordination to make sure that we can do information area sharing, go after the guns that are on the street, stop the flow of guns, and take down these crews. This comes within a day of an NYPD lieutenant who was shot and wounded in the Bronx. America is listening to Fox News. School's out for summer! But if your business is running QuickBooks, you'll never get a break. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system. No matter how big your business grows, with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to graduate. Head to netsuite.com slash fox right now. netsuite.com slash fox. 
President Biden recently issuing new measures for federal workers to get either vaccinated from COVID-19 or face strict protocols and mandatory testing. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg weighed in on ABC's This Week. Either attest to their vaccination and indicate that that's happened, or there have to be other measures to keep the workplace safe, including uh, masking, social distancing, testing. Some unions are pushing back, calling the new rules a violation of civil rights. Israel rolls out third doses of coronavirus vaccines. Israel is the first country using Western COVID-19 vaccines to introduce third doses. From today, people aged over 60 can receive a booster shot. Israel is a pioneer in uh, going ahead with uh, the third dose. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett says his administration will update other countries. Israel is open to share all the information that we can uh, gain from this uh, bold move. And we're going to win, but together. The World Health Organization says there's insufficient evidence to show a third dose is needed. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. There are new allegations of alleged sexual misconduct in the Roman Catholic Church. A longtime former head of Albany, New York's Roman Catholic Diocese, saying the diocese covered up sexual abuse by priests for decades and protected clergy by sending them to private treatment instead of calling police. That statement made Saturday by 82-year-old Bishop Howard Hubbard, who ran the diocese from 1977 to 2014 and has himself faced accusations of sexual abuse, which he's denied. Hubbard's statement issued through his lawyer and published in the Albany Times Union responding to questions from the newspaper. About 300 abuse lawsuits have been filed against the Albany Diocese. Hubbard's statement was not sanctioned by the diocese. Paul Stevens, Fox News. And I'm Joe Chiro, Fox News. If reporters can break big news every day, why can't your team seem to hire one person in a matter of months? Make slow hiring old news with Indeed Instant Match. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. Indeed Instant Match immediately delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. You can even invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search alone. Join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com Fox. Get a $75 credit. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
credit at indeed.com slash fox. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Liberty fam Appreciate y'all coming through this evening For this hot conversation If you're not subscribed to this podcast Make sure you are doing so on all major podcast platforms Including Pandora And good old Amazon Uh, Make sure you are following me on all social media Man of Justice 007 You know how we get it We piss off the status And and, and run over the anti-liberty people That's what we do That's what we're always going to do Because the only way it's going to stand Is uh, we stand high with that torch We stand high with that torch And we light them on fire We we, we, We get them fired up We bring that truth flame You know what I'm saying We bring that truth flame on them And they can't run Because all darkness has to see light At some point in time And when it does it goes away your wretched status, your day is coming. It's coming sooner than what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll have my popcorn ready when it goes down. Always anyway, we, 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 were, we were just talking about the, the many usurpations of liberty, racism being one of those things by default. Um, I, I, I want to get into... The, the political demographics, right? Because, I mean, you know, folks like me and you are a very special breed when it, when, when it, when it, when it comes to this because we're, 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 we're like double counter against what the narrative should be, right? You know, we, you know, the whole black, you have to be Democrat by, by default just because you can't be anything else but a Democrat, you know what I mean? And you can't be anything right. else but a progressive. Right, because there's no such thing as black liberals. That's just that that's that that's a bullshit ass label. Um, because I mean, I mean, then again, you know, liberals and progressives they're just you separated mean, by you by, mean uh, by 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 because by default black people are liberals. Is that why you say that? No, by default black folks are progressives. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not liberals. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah because yeah, because because you know the the, the the liberal the liberal only came around because again speaking of uh, speak, speak not a classical liberal. I'm talking about a modern I know, liberal. I know, I know. Yeah, I modern know. liberal. I know modern liberals. Right. They created that modern liberalism moniker. Right. To uh, separate themselves demographically. See what they did. They they they. You know, the black progressivism, right, was ushered in during a progressive era headed by Teddy Roosevelt through the Harlem Renaissance infiltration uh, and uh, Woodrow Wilson put the nail in the coffin for that. And then you have this modern liberal movement that comes out, right, just just soon after the progressive era starts. Oh, we're, we're, we're down with you guys. We're down with you guys. Yeah. But well, at the well, same time, they've separated themselves demographically. Again, political Jim Crow. So, so what? Just to kind of dovetail a little bit off of that, uh-huh. what, what you know, there, there are, there, there are, you know, like they say, there are levels to this. Can I curse on this thing? Can you I sure can. Yeah, go ahead. All right. 
I need, I need, I need it for the impact. There are levels to this shit. There are levels to this, right? And and the foot soldiers, as I call them, you know, in 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 in, in the black progressives and the, the black liberals, they're they're you know they're they're they don't really know. But the machine, the machine, right? The Democrat machine. Let's just talk about that. Which is you know very quickly off the top of my head, you know, I view the machine as being made up of the of of the media and and part and party elite. Those people get it, and. There's nothing I've never heard. I've I've yet to hear anything come out come out of a black liberal's mouth that I don't I'm I know for a fact that's fed to him through different through different outlets from the machine. Those aren't his thoughts. I mean, and honestly, the white savior actually leads the movement, if you ask me, as far as the thought is concerned. As far as the thought that's is correct. concerned, that's not that's not coming from black people. It's not even the way black people think. I mean, because if you just step back and look at it, you know, you're, it's obvious to anybody on the outside that you're being controlled. It's obvious. That, that, that's there. There's, there's no lie there. I, I, no, I, I mean, can't even it, dispute it, that. You know, even to, even to the point where, you know, I think about this whole coon thing, right? You know, it, it, it's odd to me that the people who are who the, the people who are who are are counter culture, if you will, like you and I are counter culture in this respect. If you just think about black people, we're counter to that. The people who 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 are, who are bold enough to be counter the culture, bold enough to 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 entertain and understand a different way of thinking about the problems that we have, we're going to call them the coon. That we're not going to call the people who who walk lockstep. Behind, um, b- 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 behind white liberals with with questionable mot- motivation, we're not going to call them coons. No, call, call, call it what call it is, bro. Call it what it is. They're walking in the footsteps footsteps of white supremacy. Call it what it is. That's exactly call right. it for what it is. Matter of fact, they, they they use the same language as the KKK. Hmm. You were talking about pro black earlier. The the irony with the pro black movement is you can sit there and listen to them. And they literally are using the same exact language as the KKK. It's no different. Mm-hmm. Same language. They're just, they're just swapping words. And the idea that we don't see a problem with that is weird. Because if you don't see a problem with, 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 with the, you know, the hardcore pro-black movement, if you don't see a problem with that, then you, you can't logically see a problem with the KKK. Because they're making the right. same argument. If you're yep. talking about purity, purity of blood, which, which, which I hear oozing from some of these pro-black people. Oh, you know, all the time. Racial marriage and stuff like that. All KKK the stuff. time. Dude, we see it all the time. Uh, I mean, my, my friend Mixed Patriot, I, could, I can't mention her name on the air, but you know who she is. Yeah. Like, they come at her all the time. Like, you're, 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 well, you're black. I'm like, how can you sit there and say she's black? I mean, her 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 mother's black and her dad's white, right? You turn around and say that she's just black, and I'm like, you do realize you're applying the one drop rule that they applied to yeah. mulattoes during slavery, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Mulattoes, quadroons, like, all that crazy. Yeah, stuff. I'm sitting here. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. That is it, slave talk. That's it, that's overseer talk. That's 
that's crazy. But that's what we do. And we're doing it like it's almost instinctive. Like not for me, but these people are just not even thinking through the process. They're just right through with the process. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part. And you can't break through to them. And you know, I talk about the levels to this, you know, and you've got guys who are profiting. You know, I'm not, I, when I say profiting, I don't just mean money. I also mean clout, right? They're, they're, right. they're making their way through life off of, of I got it. I'm going to have to publish a uh, I did it before, but didn't get any traction. Yeah, they're, they're basically poverty press, poverty press, yep. right? So Race hustling. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're walking in, the, you know, you say they're walking in the footsteps of white supremacy. They're walking in the footsteps of Al Sharpton. There's also no pride to be had, to be had there. They're literally making their way through life. You know, lauding this stuff. I actually think some of these guys, I won't mention their names. I think I mentioned one of the guys' names earlier. Some of these guys know better. I just don't think they're that freaking stupid. But they've fallen into this trap, and now they can't get out of it. Because that's their brand. Um, That is the epitome of stupid. It is. (laughs) Right. And you know what's funny? Those same people, right? Those same people praised Obama, and I mentioned a clip earlier about Umar Johnson, and, and I found a clip, right? I, I want y'all to listen to this clip with Umar, exactly how Umar Johnson says. Now, I don't agree with a lot of what he says, but... You know about Dr. Dr. Umar Johnson? Yeah, yeah, that Umar, yes. Oh, I don't agree with... African guy? Yeah. He has a lot of points I agree with. Right, and there's a whole lot I don't agree with, but in this instance, in this instance, he's right. Y'all, y'all listen at this. President Obama has successfully recolonized Africa in the name of Western financial interest at a rate we haven't seen since Africa was under colonialism. So he succeeded internationally. That was the international mandate. Get the money. Back from Africa, the gold, the diamonds, the oil, the coltan, get it back. He got it. Some people will say that, Barack. Oh, did, what's uh, the domestic mandate? The domestic mandate. Mm-hmm. The reason President Obama was made president domestically is to brainwash and manipulate black America long enough so the American power structure could take every civil right that our ancestors fought for and give it to every other minority group so by the time obama leaves office all of our rights will be have taken from the other minority groups and we will be back in the 1960s jim crow style wow hmm hmm wow i never heard that yeah he he is on point He's on point because yeah. really sit back and people sit back and think about this a minute, right? You have more illegal aliens that are taking up the benefits that was created for black people during and post Jim Crow. These, 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 white, these white liberals were supposed to help black folks, right? They suppose they helped them, but here we are today. Now, now, and, and I'm saying a lot of black folks aren't in poverty now. Not like people portray it to be. This is true. But what Obama did with DACA systematically undid everything that was done from the 60s and the 70s by giving those rights and privileges to illegal aliens that have not paid into the system. So let, let, let me, let me 
predict the future. So I agree with everything that you, I, I agree with everything that you said. First off, but prediction of the future at some at some point within our lifetime, a decade or so down the road, maybe five years, they're going to use exactly what you said to sow to, to sow to sow division between black people and Hispanic. They're probably already doing that, but that's going to oh, be yeah. the pressure point. Yep. That's going to be the pressure point. Yep. You're exactly right. And they'll, do it. they'll do it. Hold on. They'll do it exactly the way I talked about earlier. The way they're going to do it is the, 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 the machine, as it were, will, will, you know, you know, black people, we, 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 we react, you know, I'm ashamed to say it, but we react, a lot of us, I won't say all of us, react emotionally to certain things. So through the machine, they will filter through the message and, control all of these pro-black people, all of these guys into thinking that, that yeah, our enemy is now the, is, is now the Hispanic community, and they will use that division for political, for political gain. That will be the move. And, and, and you know what? I, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, I'm about to draw this historical line that is clear as day. That is clear as day if people really look, right? Now, we, we know a lot of these pro-black people always talk about the government is white supremacy, right? Right? Yep. They always talk about that. So let, let, let's go back in the history a little bit, right? After the little white movement was complete and the progressive era had started, right? And Jim Crow, because Jim Crow was a, was a progressive tactic. Let's just get that straight right now, Right? We sit here and, and, and folks don't think from that time until now how much the government cares about black people. Let's just keep it legit a second, right? And no disrespect to, to, to my white friends. Y'all already know how I get down. So none of y'all should not be mad. But I'm lining it up. Right. If we go back to 1622 with the Maryland slave codes. Right. And we see how the slaves were treated, even with their own black slave owners, how they treated them. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Right. Promise, promise a little something, something to them. They'll calm down. Right. Here we go. Yeah, we got, we, we got, yeah, we, we got them. The uh, Lincoln sign emancipation proclamation. Democrats fought like the devil to stop the 13th. 
oh, but we're going to turn around and just, okay, you know what? We're going to agree that the 14th Amendment needs to pass so these people are citizens. And y'all made it, Stone basically rolled us over and we didn't have a choice but to vote for the 13th Amendment. So we're going to give you the 14th Amendment too. But then they turn around, right? Then they turn around, they start the black codes. Again, this is government still, still, right? Treating black folks like shit. Meanwhile, they're letting in Chinese immigrants, Japanese immigrants from other people from other ethnicities into this country, give them full freedom, give them full freedom and liberty under the Constitution. Then we get Jim Crow. Now we get separated again because the government decides that we're going to treat these these brown and black folks like shit. And then we have the the United States Public Health Service injecting minorities in this country with inoculations as tests. Native Americans, tuberculosis, Italians with smallpox, black folks with Tuskegee. And then... Oh, okay, we'll make up for it. We'll give you civil rights and we'll give you the great society plan. Okay, shit calms down. And here we go. Again, yeah. right? Affirmative action. But, 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 but hold on. Say, After the, you missed one. Once we got rid of Jim Crow, we introduced redlining. Yes. Well, redlining was actually in the middle of Jim Crow. It was in the middle yeah, of Jim Crow. But it, continue, right? but, it continue, but it continued past Jim Crow. I think the 1980, maybe. Yeah, it did. Now, and when we get past that, right, we got affirmative action. Because black people were saying, well, after Jim Crow, we can't get jobs. So we'll appease you a little bit, give you some affirmative action. Right? And then now, right... Obama got to office. Oh, colleges need to hire or or not hire, but uh, uh, consider college admissions based on race. Black being first. Another appeasement. Meanwhile, as you heard Umar say, taking away rights and civil liberties from people to give it to minority groups. Has this not been the trend of the government since the beginning? And black folks still want to kowtow to these Democrats, to these white liberals saying, oh, we're here for you. Meanwhile, they're sitting out on the street saying, you can't, you don't know how to get identification. You are too stupid to go down to get a driver's license. But black folks don't want to see that. It is embarrassing. And they walk in locked up with these people. They're going to save us. No, they're not saving shit there. You are upholding their white supremacy. There, there, there's no reason. I have no faith in government, but just from a practical sense, from a from a, a strategic perspective, there's no reason to save to, to save black people for government to do that. There's no reason to do that. The political capital, and I haven't thought enough about this, you know, with regard to all of the other demographics in the country. But for black people, the political capital that black people have isn't the vote; it's the emotion. Right. Well, it's not the vote; it's the emotion. The vote is nice, but it's thirteen percent of the population. They're gonna, you know, you don't have to work for the vote. What you want is the emotion. There is no other demographic. Ah, this is good. This is gonna sting. There is no other demographic in this country that you could have relied on to riot throughout the throughout the presidential campaign and stop it when you wanted them to. 
Yep. There's no no other Democrat, Democrat would have done that. But because black people will do that because they, black they're privilege. emotionally. They, they have they, they have three or four trigger words. All you have to do is say something is racist, and they'll get in the streets and riot for you. And oh, by the way, it's not just them by themselves. You know, the, you know, if you look at the machine that I talk about, you have the Antifas of the world. You know, promoting that effort, probably probably doing a lot of the violence, but blaming it on black people, right? But that's the that's again. I'm going to use you every four years. You know, I'll tell you right now. You already know. Next time we have a next presidential election, there will be riots. We'll have them again. And I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'll guarantee you there's going to be riots and cities will burn. I'll guarantee you that. And I don't even know why. But there will be a reason, and that will be enough, you know. And it'll probably, it might be related to a cop or something like that, or it could be anything, but we will be in the street because that's where we need to be. And that's where the Democrat Party wants us to be. That's where we're useful. That's it. You're 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 actually you're actually dead it. right. I'll, I you're, would bet if I if I had if if I had a million dollars, I would bet the entire million dollars that there will be riots in 2024. You can't disabuse me of that. I'd bet the whole thing. Uh, I'm and with I'd you. Also bet, I'd also bet that they would stop at an opportune time for the Democrat Party, just like they did this time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the riots. Just you remember, they just stopped. Well, it's not just that they stop. They, you know, it, it, actually, it's, it's more. It's 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 more. There's more to it than that. It's not just that they stop. They didn't necessarily stop right on cue, but you know what did stop right on cue? The coverage. Yep. Oh, but uh, speaking coverage. of coverage, speaking of coverage, oh, let, let's talk about coverage a second, right? We we know we know George Floyd, right? The whole George Floyd thing, right? That happened. Yep. You know, the knee to the back, neck, whatever you want to call it, this, that, and the third, right? Then we had Breonna Taylor, right? We had Breonna Taylor, right? Breonna Taylor was first, though. Right. But, but team, let's go back back before that, though. Let's go back before that. No one said a word about Ahmaud Arbery being lynched in Brunswick, Georgia by three white men. None of these... None of these suckers said anything about Ahmaud Arbery, and they still don't mention Ahmaud Arbery. Now, now that was in Georgia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Brunswick, yep. Well, I mean, Georgia, I, I, you know, I, that's something worth thinking about. So, so, so why was that not giving a lot, giving a lot of coverage? And maybe it's because of the nature of the, of the senatorial campaign that they had there. You know, Georgia's, Georgia's different. That might have backfired on them in Georgia. That might have backfired well, in Georgia. Well, no, because I mean, it, you got to remember too. Now, the, the we had two two Republican senators. We had two Republican senators. So this should, but see, the fact of the matter that two of the three men st- were still in law enforcement that pulled this pulled this crap, right? But the Democrats didn't want to cue that up, right? See. They 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 want to point out and see here's the thing they want to point out white supremacy when it's a Trump supporter, but when you have blatant white supremacy on a camera, on a camera full video, they 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 want to breeze past that. They want to make white supremacy a boogeyman instead of bringing it to life. You want to bring it all out. You look at. 
that video and watch what happened to Ahmad Arbery. Yeah. But people will breeze past that. They'll jump on what well, George Floyd and, the, and, and the, the knee to his neck. Well, you had a uh, you had a 20, 24 year old kid shot by a shotgun trying to defend himself because they thought he was breaking into houses. And that was a literal lynching on film. It was a lynching. But they, the Democrats will breeze past that. I don't think that story stayed in the news and mainstream media for more than a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. Everything I That's about it. That got online, but, but it wasn't on television. Nope. Not at all. It wasn't on television that long, but then all of a sudden, Breonna Taylor, oh my God, Breonna, she was shot by the police in her house. This after did we find out later that she was standing in the, in, in, in the walkway. Well, but hold on. Yeah, she was in the walkway. And people, people are still lying about how that went down. Um, but so... But, but the Brianna thing is interesting to me on, on, on a lot of different aspects. But what's interesting to me is, is the timing, right? So remember, Brianna happened months before George Floyd. That happened months before George Floyd. It never got any traction. They went right. back to that off of, yep. the, off of the back of the George Floyd incident. That's a manipulation in and of itself. There was no reason to yes, bring that it up. Is. I mean, it's fine that they did, but the only reason they did was to continue the narrative. They didn't. They didn't do it when it when it happened. It was months later. Yep. And it, defund the police. Defund the police. But yet we're fighting white supremacy. Cops are racist and white supremacy. Well, but you have the white supremacy so, on film. So, the first go around. Let's, let's, huh? let's talk about. Let's talk. You know. You know. I'm a. I'm a. Well, you are. I think you are too. But I'm a. You know. I'm a two way guy. Like fairly hardcore. Um. You know. So Second Amendment. All of that. Um. So defund the police when that was, you know, hot and we were talking about it, I'm like, you, you do realize how this works, right? I mean, yeah, you could defund. These major cities can defund the police all they want. And the police will lose their jobs, and you know where they're going to go? They're going to go to the suburbs. But I'm telling you what, that, that guy in the suburbs in this $500,000 house, he's going to have police protection. You can guarantee that. He's going to have a police force there. They don't really care about you where you are. But those cops will be fine, you know, and all the seasoned guys will go and happily work in, in Iowa or wherever else. And they're not, they were never going to defund the police or, re, or, or reduce the effectiveness of the police in places that quote unquote matter where people have money and influence. So, right. um, that was always stupid. And, 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 oh, by the way, to defund the police, this was the argument I actually made back in the time, but to, def, to, to defund the police in a place that's anti-gun is ridiculous. You already can't protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Legally. Well, 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 look at New York. Look at what just happened yesterday, earlier today, or yesterday in New York. Ten people were injured. Guy, guy, guys went around shooting at people. Ten people were injured in the middle of New York. And New York City has one of, have the toughest gun laws. I mean, you can't even transport your gun through the five boroughs unless it's okay. in your trunk and a case. You can't have it anywhere yep. in within your reach, period. Right? You can't walk around New York City with a handgun, but no, yet you got these criminals running around here shooting at people. Criminals always going to have Criminals always I, don't, I mean, I, I, the whole gun argument, matter of fact, that's where I don't even talk about it much because the whole, the, the whole discussion is, is, is juvenile. Right? I mean, everyone knows. Everyone with, like, two brain cells knows that no matter what law you pass, Bad guys are going to have guns regardless. 
you could even make it, you could even have a campaign to destroy all the guns in America. And I'll tell you, the guns you won't destroy will be the ones that the bad guys have because they're not going to turn them in. You know, so yep. You know, a law-abiding citizen. I'm not. I'm not really one of those. I don't really comply. I'm not giving mine up. But but you know, there are guys who are like, well, that's the law. I guess I'll turn in my guns. So yeah, yeah, they'll do that. But the criminals never will. But it's just that's just logical to me. I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> the discussion is stupid. The, the, the anti-gun people are stupid. And, um, and, and, and it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, I was rambling, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, and I look at this so-called pro-black crowd, and a lot of them do have guns, I mean, you have your groups like the NFIC, um, that, you know, that they're, you know, they're a black militant group, et cetera, et cetera, you got the the rise of the Moors up in Massachusetts, and you got quite a few others, but mainstream, mainstream, what, what I'm calling mainstream black America at this point in time, right? And I'm talking about like the, the BLM activists and all these people that want to defund the police. Again, in cities that have stringent gun laws. But don't, but... Oh, how do I say this without without getting to uh, what you call it? Um, I, I have to dumb it down. Um, dumb it down. These people do not realize that they're going to continue to follow these white liberals narrative about we got to have gun control when it's hurting themselves. It is hurting them again. Right. Going back to what I had mentioned 15 minutes ago. The, the white the, the white liberals control our government. They, they literally always had to a point. Right. And. They've got black folks to follow in their footsteps to push their agenda on them, right? Now, when they say they want gun control, black people should be like, wait a minute. Can can I not defend myself? Hold on, check this out. So first of all, and I I hope there's people listening, right? Oh, they're listening. So gun control for the people in the back. Forget about what they say. Listen to Bert. Gun control has always been about black people and minorities. That's that's who they want the guns away yep. from. They never really cared. About, they never cared about the people in the suburbs. They never cared about them, whether they have guns or not. They never cared about that. What they really care about is is is, is, is the the inner cities and black people. Black people are not historically black people were not trusted with guns. The first gun laws in this country were specifically about free slaves, whether or not they can have guns or not. That's what that's, that's right. how it started. There that's were no right. gun laws before slaves were freed. Once slaves were freed, look, I used to call myself a Dred Scott Republican. I don't call myself that anymore because I don't call myself a Republican. But I used to call myself a Dred Scott Republican. Just to, as a conversation, why do you call yourself that? Because in his disastrous court case that he had, one of the things that, that, that the Supreme Court said was, you know, how can we have a, you know, if he's free, doesn't that mean he can have a gun? How can we have that? So, from the beginning of this country, post-slavery, that's what gun control was about. And you can track that right up into the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right up to now. Sure and is. What they're, what they're talking about. When they talk about, when they talk about guns, how scary they are, they don't talk about, about, about Bubba out in the stick. They're not scared of Bubba out in the stick with, 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 his, with his rifle or whatever he has. That doesn't bother them. What they're scared of is the quote-unquote gangbangers, code for 
um, black gang gangbangers and minority gangbangers in the inner city. That's what they're scared of. And my counter argument to that, to that is, well, I don't want gangbangers to have guns either. But you can't disarm the honest guy. There was a guy in Chicago, old man, like a like a Vietnam vet. I think it was Chicago, something like that. It was a city in the Midwest. Let's just say that. But he got in a lot of trouble for defending himself with with a firearm that, of course, he wasn't supposed to have to begin with. I think that went into the courts at some at, at some point. You've got people who live in the who live in these cities. Look, if you look at I'm near D.C. You know, there's a lot of violence there right now. But even when you have violence going on in the city, most of the city is are still peaceful people just trying to get through life. Most of them. The violence is caused by three to four percent, if that, of the population that lives in that city. Not even that, maybe even 1%. They're the ones doing all the crime. And the other 98, 99, 97% are just guys trying to get through life, and you're telling me they can't defend themselves because you can't differentiate between a middle-class black guy and a drug dealer, or you don't want to differentiate, or, you you know, with regard to how you trust someone with a firearm. It's racist. Gun control is racist. Yes, it is. It it only affects people who look like me. It's never affected people in the suburbs. You look at, you know, interesting note. You already know this, man, because I can't walk through history like you. You're the man on that. But if you look at, what's his name, Bernie Sanders. You know this. People listening might not know. That guy had an A-plus rating from the NRA. Sure did. Why do you think that is? The whole time. Probably still does. But he was very pro Second Amendment. He didn't talk about it a lot, but he damn sure wasn't going to disarm disarm um, 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 his his white constituents. Most of his constituents are white. He knew the deal. He was only concerned about gun control with regard to to black and brown people. That is the nature of our country with regard to gun control. And I never understood why, because I keep over my life I've experimented with different tactics to win these liberals over to my side. To win these anti-liberty folks, pro-government folks, over to my side. That's one of the tactics I use. It's like, dude, they, they, don't, they don't trust you like they trust other people. And the evidence is, 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 in, is in, you know, how they talk about gun control. And it's, right now, in today's climate, you know, the last 10 years or so, they're better about how they talk about it, like in Congress, about gun control. They're more sophisticated. But all you have to do is go back into the 90s and pull up old clips of C-SPAN. Joe Biden's a good example to pull up. And you'll see how they talked about it in the 80s, 90s, in the 80s and 90s. They were a lot more raw, and you can tell exactly what they thought about black people then. It's not just Joe Biden. It was everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? I got I got to I, – and I have to jump on uh, uh, our, our mainstream conservatives – um, on on this one too for contributing to the gun control narrative, right? Because I mean, we sit here every time there's a mass shooting, and the left says, "Look, it's a white supremacist with a with an AR-15." Wow! And then they scream, and then guess what? What 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 do what do conservatives always do? They turn around. Well, look at Chicago, and look at Baltimore, and I'm like, you're you're giving them ammo for gun control. It's the wrong. It's the. You're giving them racist ammo for gun control. Yes. It's the. Yes. Wrong argument. The the right argument is that is that Vietnam vet that I talked about in Chicago. I think I'm I'm probably getting some of the details wrong. But the the right argument is is 
not the bad guys in Chicago, but the good guys who cannot defend themselves. That's the argument. And the AR-15, look, we, I don't know how we lost the bubble on the AR-15, but anyway, I, look, I tell you right now, I'm in my Jeep. There's an AR-15 within arm's reach of me right now, and I'm not hurting anybody. Um, the, the AR-15, anybody who's ever dealt with that weapon before knows it is a perfect, literally, like as far as like industrial design goes, the AR-15 is the perfect weapon for most situations. That's why people love it. It's good for everything, and it's easy to shoot. It's a brilliant weapon. There's nothing scary about it. And if I were right. a little old man in Chicago, that's the weapon I'd choose if I could only choose one, an AR-15. Everybody knows yeah. that. Yeah, There's a, the, me that's and my M4 are it. the same way. My M4 is the same way. Same I mean, same gun, same yeah. Thing. You know, but you, it, the thing, thing is, is, is that... Uh, that when when people when when they shoot the argument you know like you said that's one argument the argument conservatives should be making when it comes to the mass shooting instead of jumping to Chicago or jumping to Baltimore or mental health the argument really should be is how many people were in that guy's vicinity that was unarmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree with that too. Yeah. How all, many all people, right? How many people could not neutralize that threat? You know, you know, liberal, liberals are funny when they talk about COVID. You know, early on, you know, COVID might be a bad example, but I can't think of a, a better one. But when they when they talk, they talk in terms of you know, if we could just save one life, it's worth doing. It's worth spending a trillion dollars if we could just save one life. They say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you but can't save talk- a life. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, let me let me close it up. But then when you talk about the the good guy with the gun, who well, yes, you know, I've been in war twice and yeah, even for a trained soldier, there's a delay time. There's there's like a, a cognitive moment that you have where like, you know, you're assessing a threat and, and, and determining what you can legally do to address it. And while you're doing that, yes. A guy might get killed while you're doing it. That actually might be the validation that your brain needs to know you need to act, that a guy actually loses his life. That's just how, that's just how the brain works. And then you take action. And the, all the other people after that one guy that got killed get saved now. And so the argument stands if you could just save one life. And I will guarantee you that any good guy with a weapon has a high probability of saving at least one life in a mass shooting situation. High probability. That's right. That's that, that's, it, that's exactly he will, right. He will act. He will act, even if he's untrained. He will act, and 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 he'll be it'll, it'll be slower than a, a seasoned police officer, but he's still going to save one life, even if that one life is his own. Right. That's exactly right. Like, and that's okay too. It, it, that 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 yeah, that's exactly okay, and, that, and that's the thing. That's why I, I have always been an a, 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 a advocate of constitutional carry. Oh, a lot of states are starting to pass constitutional carry now because, I mean, yeah. you literally, I mean, folks out here is crazy nowadays. You know what I mean? And, you know, if, if you if I, I guarantee you, if we had constitutional carry in our cities like Chicago, oh. like Baltimore, I guarantee you the violence in those neighborhoods would diminish by 95%. Oh, yeah. 
Because if people jump up and they hear gunshots, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Uh Uh-uh, this ain't happening. And people will get up because I did my, my my full my full full belief here is literally if you fire a gun at someone, it is open season on your ass. Absolutely, it is open Absolutely. season. Is no put the yeah. gun down. No, it's open season because you have oh, shown God. me yeah. you have shown me that you cannot live in a civil society. Where you have the mindset of you want to kill someone because they owe you five dollars? No, it's open season on that ass. I, I, I will, I will, I will, I will refine that a little bit. I mean, for myself, is that I don't really care whether or not you can live in a civil society. I don't care about that. What you've demonstrated to me is your willingness to take a life and possibly mine, and that's all I need to know. It doesn't matter whether or not you can recover from this in jail. Like you know, you can you know find. Islam or something in jail and become a, I don't care because that's not the moment we're in you know so yeah you have to take people out I was talking to I had I had a, a friend girl you know, a, a, a girl that I was friendly with um you know years ago and uh and she, she had been she had been assaulted you know fairly brutally you know some years before I met her and she was in a self-defense class and she was you know she had a yellow you know she was progressing belt in taekwondo and she was very serious about self-protection and I was sitting down with lunch with her, and I asked her, I said, do you have a firearm? And she's like, she's like, no, 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 but I, you know, I'm going to have my black belt in like a week. I'm like, I don't, you know, your instructors are lying to you. They're lying to you. You know, and, and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you cannot, women don't understand. Women don't understand. Men, men know this. Women don't understand just how, how much stronger a man is than them. They just don't understand. It's almost exponential. I mean, it, it's it's like the amount of strength that an average man has over an average woman is like they never feel they never they never see that strength. Men don't even see that strength amongst amongst each other. We just know it's there. But like men have enormous strength compared to a woman, enormous. Um, so like you know, if you ever play wrestled with a woman or, or not, that's like you, you're like at like if you've ever done that, you're doing it like twenty five percent. You're just playing around. But like men have enormous strength. I don't care how many black belts you have. A man who has size and strength on you will kill you. He will kill you. There's nothing you can do. If you're not Bruce Lee, you're not doing anything. So the only equalizer is a firearm. And we're only just now getting to the point where women are waking up to the fact that, yeah, if you're a woman or an older man, you don't have liberty. I've said this before, too. You don't have liberty if you can't defend it. You don't. You're not a free man until you can defend your freedom. And a firearm is, is, is what most people need. You know? That's my take on it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like, if, if, you, cannot, if you cannot defend your liberty to walk out in the street, right? Yeah. If, if you're literally living in a place... Where you're afraid to go outside the door because of random you're gunshots, free. you're not you're free. free. Mm-hmm. Or you're scared of being raped or having your person violated or whatever it is. You're not a free person. You're not a free person. And right. and, and you know you have to have you have to have you know an equalizer. And like from a libertarian perspective, my view on this is this: and you know people people don't understand what a police officer's job is. 
A police officer's job is to is is not to, well. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not to protect your person. That's not his job. That's been established in the Supreme Court, but I didn't really need that. That's not a police officer's job. The the job of pretending of, of of defending your person is you. That's always been the case in the history of the world. You, you, the job of protecting your person, Rod, is Rod. That's yep. it. And people may help you or they may not, but ultimately the responsibility is on is on you. And as you walk onto the house, whether it's you know your biceps and triceps or a firearm, you better have the right amount of force to meet the, the to meet the force that's going to come upon you. And you have to assess that threat as you go through life. But in the end, it's your responsibility. You know, and, and if you're a woman, it's your responsibility. You know, it's, it's amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, yep. it's not a, you know, it's, it's not a, a man may help you, but it's still your responsibility. Yep. At the end of the day, it is your responsibility. Period. It is your complete you know? total responsibility to protect yourself. That's why, you know, uh, I, I've uh, over the last probably 10, 15 years, I adapted to 22 feet. Right. The, the Tuller drill, as most police officers know it as. Right. You get within 22 yeah, feet and, and you're threatening me. I will meet you with equal, if not excessive force. That's a guarantee. I literally walk through life that way. Whereas like Mm -hmm. I I assess part of this, part of this is probably PTSD. But like if I walk through like a crowded place, like a mall or something like that, especially with dudes and like teenagers and stuff like that, I stereotype the hell out of people. You know, if you're a 20 year old, if you're a 20 year old or a teenager or something like that, I'm assessing you as a physical threat that I can't handle. I can deal with a 50-year-old man, but I'm looking at people who I can't deal with physically. So, so as, I, as, I see, as a person approaches me, whether they're coming to say hello or whatever, as they approach that 20 feet, I'm already, I'm already ready. I'm probably not going to do anything. It's probably nothing, but I'm already ready. I'm already ready. And, you know, I don't, you don't know this, but, you know, but a lot of people don't realize Virginia, a lot, even people in Virginia don't realize. Virginia is an open carry state. Did you know that? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, a lot of people didn't. But so, and I routinely, um, I'll walk around, certainly on the weekends when I'm not working, but I'll, I'll, I'll walk around and I'll have my H&K on my hip right in the open. Um, and it comes across a little odd because most people don't do it, but all the, you know, I walk past cops all the time. Every, you know, people, you know, cops know it's, it's totally legal to do. And I'll walk, in, I'll walk around just to have it on my hip. And, um, and every once in a while I'll be in a conversation with somebody because I just ignore it. It's just there. I just know it's there. And I'm talking to somebody about whatever, policy or whatever, and they'll, you know, get comfortable with it. And they're like, hey, are you a cop? I mean, I'm not a cop, I'm just a regular guy. And I'm like, well, geez, you're open carrying. You know, that's, that's odd. I'm like, that's why I do it. It's like, what do you mean that's why you do it? 
I do it because as long as you think it's odd, then I need to socialize, I need to desensitize you to that. You know, Americans, part of, you know, Americans should not, like, find a firearm on a person's hip is odd. They just shouldn't. That's just not right. Yeah. should be like, oh, the guy has a firearm on his hip, whatever. But it shouldn't be like, oh, an oddity. We should be doing it much more. You know, all of our other, all of our other, you're, you know, you're, the, you know, we're, we're both civilitarians, but, you know, all of, our, uh, all of our other liberties we exercise in the wide open. Right, we exercise all the time, daily. You know, because we're all on social media. But we exercise our our freedom of expression, our freedom of religion. You know, we talk about the Fourth Amendment. I talk about the we talk about the Fourth Amendment. We talk about all of our civil liberties all the time. We do it in the open. You know, I'm I'm going back and forth with cops about what your limitations are with regard to me and what questions you could ask me if you catch me videotaping you. I'm doing that all the time. We're doing that in the open. The one thing that we do in private, Rod, is Second Amendment. That's got to stop. Yep, sure does. We, gotta exercise our, we have to exercise our liberties in the wide open, or they're not real. Yep, that's that. That's the that's that's the god honest truth. Like, as soon as soon as Americans realize that people carry guns, I mean, people say, and you don't know who has a concealed carry either. But you know what? An open carry pistol or rifle is the criminal's deterrent. There's no better deterrent than an open fire. I mean, even deterrent to a point, and I hate to flex my black privilege here, but when 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 there's a piece, when there's a piece on the hip, you know how many people literally steer clear of me? Like literally, oh, yeah. they will go out of their way to not even be within fifty feet. I'm like, boo boo, this thing can catch you from three hundred feet. Don't play with me. Why are you walking around and go walk right ahead? No, no, I can catch you from all the way over there with this H and K. I find when I when I when I have, when I have a, a you know a forty caliber um, or a, for, a, 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 a when I have my H and K on my hip, people are much more are, are very polite to me, and that's appropriate. We, we should always be that way because everyone should always be, in my mind, you know, armed. Either we should assume that people are armed, concealed, or they should be open carry. But that should be the nature of how we go, of how we go through life. Not because we want to hurt anybody, because as a man, it goes into my personal man code. But as a man, as a as the as the stronger as the as the strongest of the species, it is our responsibility to be ready to exercise our moral obligation to protect people who are weaker than us. It's an obligation that that you're at least ready to do that. I mean, I think it's a moral obligation. I think it's I think it's a bit of a social contract, if you will. But yeah, you should be prepared to do that. And part of doing that is, you know, just having a place in the old west. You know, that's why people walked around firearms in, so you're ready to deal with whatever you had to deal with. You know, there's nothing violent about it. There's nothing threatening about it. It's just a guy that's ready. That's all it is. And that, that's, and we, that's and, all and, it and, should be. You know, the more we do that, the the the, the better argument we'll have. Because liberals think these anti-gun liberals think that it's an oddity, right? They they think it's like, oh, you know what? This this just the bubbas in the sticks that that want to carry their firearms. But no, they need to see it all over the place in their face, walking in the Starbucks, whatever. That's just what they need to see because that needs to be normalized. Yep. It, 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 and you know what? When, again, when people open carry, it will it, it will have a mass shooter thinking twice. 
I know people open carry around here, right? Because you don't see mass shootings in true red states. You don't. It, it, you 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 really don't. Well, to a degree, you really don't. More more to your point, most of the mass shootings have been have been in gun free zone. Whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know they've been they've been in you know whether you're talking about a theater or you're talking about a school, but most of them outside of you know. It's funny, they don't even count the gang violence in the inner city as mass shootings, even though they should. Um, but if you talk about the you know, the white mass shootings, which is what they talk about most of the time, those are all in, in, in gun-free zone. And come on, man, this is not that hard. No, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You know? Um, when's the last time? I mean, it's ha- yes, it happens sometimes. So every once in a while, someone will try to rob. You know, if you look at a gun store, like the range that I go to, if you just look at a gun store and just like look at what they have in there, there's a couple of million dollars worth of firearms standing right in your face, right underneath that glass. Yep. Easily. If you look at the like, if you if you just want to talk about like you know how much how how much value there is in a store, you're, it's going to be hard to beat a gun store because you know you and I both know those uh, you know those high end AR-15s. Mine's like a mid grade one, but those high end AR-15s they cost thirty five hundred dollars a pop. Yep. That's just what's in the case. So, yeah. But no one's robbing them. Nope. <laughs> Nobody's robbing nope. the gun store. But that's where the money is. And you can sell it. Dude, the black, I used to do this. I used to like do this for a living. Um, a black market firearm, a ghost gun, sort of, kind of a ghost gun, depending on what you do with it. Um, but a black market, you look at you look at an AR-15 that costs thirty five. I go buy at a store for $3,500. If I if I sold that to someone who could not get a firearm on his own, right? He couldn't get a firearm on his own. He couldn't go through the process. I w- I would be able to sell a thirty five hundred dollar AR fifteen to a guy like that for ten grand, all day, all day. That's the market for that guy because he can't get one on his own, and he also doesn't want to have any attachment to the firearm that he's using. He'll buy that for ten grand. You know he'll buy he'll, he'll buy almost anything for 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 close to five figures. Um, so there's money there, but still, you would think people would rob, uh, would would make an attempt at fire at robbing a, a firearm store, but they don't. Instead, you know, instead they they rob mom and pop stores where the guy is defending himself with a baseball bat that he has behind the counter. You know, or you do it at, at like a, you know a, you know in in, in a New York City you know those corner stores that they have in New York City because you know they don't have a firearm there. You can rob them all day. Anyway, mm, mm-hmm. these are all You're right. arguments. We all we, we agree, um, and and as, as far as you know, the, the 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 white liberals don't agree. You're right about the pro black guys. Not even you know, not even that group that you were talking about, but like a lot of black people are are are. It, it, it's not that they're pro two A, but they're pro, they're pro gun because there's kind of a distinction between the two. But there are a lot of black people, right? Um, even though they're even though they're left of center. They still believe in having a in, in having a having a firearm. Um, so there's a lot of them, but the white liberals would rather that not would rather not that not happen. Um, so yeah, but yeah, you know that's my gun control spiel, I guess. No, it, it's it, it's 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 all good. It, it's all it's all good in the hood, you know. I mean, it's if if you can't. Let me back that up. The Constitution is is a is a very beautiful thing, right? 
because going you know if if we if we lose our second amendment right if we lose the second amendment then we can't speak we don't have a right, right. to privacy right we can't we definitely can't protect our right to vote right it's all gone it is literally all gone because they take guns they will take everything else they will take everything else from you the only thing that separates this american experiment from venezuela cuba and nazi germany is the fact that we're armed yep so it separates us from that because it's like with regards to like you know, how ideology morphs over time within a country. The natural progression, well, the progression has been historically that you move towards something like a Venezuela over time. And mm-hmm. people try to cling to power. You know, or you end up like, you know, well, how, long is, how long has Putin been in office? 25 years? 20 years? 25 years? You end up with something like that. Or you're talking about the Castro. But eventually people, att- people attempt to cling to power. Unlike the United States, where they cling to power for longer than they should, and you end up with something that looks very much like Venezuela. But but or, you know the no. pro- but you, but you know what the problem is though. It, 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 you know yep. the problem is with that though is the fact that yep. we shouldn't be like that. We're already traversing. If we think if we want to be open and really honest about this, we are traversing towards a Venezuela. We are traversing towards a Cuba because the fact that the American electorate gives up their power. To these politicians, to let them sit up there like a monarch, and I and I sit here and, and and I think about this, right? I look at the usurper in chief and the other person that lives at Observatory Lane. Okay, <laughs> hmm. I look at them and how all these people. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I don't even call. I call it Observatory Lane because that's exactly where it is. Whoever the occupant yeah. is of Observatory Lane, that person too, right? But I, I look at all the the eighty one million people air quotes that voted for oh, yeah. this team, right? Because of Orange Man, so damn bad, right? And here they are sitting here on their ivory tower, acting like a monarch, taking away your civil liberty as they speak. They're telling you their agenda at the podium. They're telling you their agenda. And people are so damn silent. They're so silent. They they don't treasure liberty and they don't understand how fragile it is. Like you know, there's no you. You can go. You can look at Europe. You can look at any any Western country you want, and you won't find the kind of liberty we have here. But it's, we only have it by like a nat, you know, a nat act, if you will. You know, it right. can go away. I don't know if Reagan said that or who, but but like you know, there's nothing to keep us from losing this liberty that we have. There's That's nothing right. to keep us from doing it. And you talked about, I want to expand on something. You talked about how the, the, the American letter, uh, electorate has kind of, you know, given up their liberty to, you know, to, to, uh, to, the, to, to, to the politicians. But what's equally damning to me is that Congress has given up 
its authority to the executive branch over time. Yep. So you talk about monarchy. If you, if, if 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 anybody's creating a monarchy, it's our Congress because they we're basically being run by the executive branch in a lot of different ways. Whether you're talking about the FDA, FDA or or whatever, they have powers they never should have had. That's exactly or correct. Department of Education. You can go you can go through all of the departments and you'll find that they have more power than our founders would have wanted one of them to have. One of them to have. The, the founders. They're, they're passing, Go ahead, go ahead. The, 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 well, I'll close up with one sentence. You know, Congress has been, you know, for, for, for 50 or 100 years, they've been passing laws that they don't fully understand, that are broad enough that the executive branch can do whatever the hell they want. That's what they've been doing. So we don't have a Congress that's acting the way, they, you know, the way they're supposed to. We're being run by the executive branch instead, by people who we never voted for. We only voted for one person in the executive branch. Well, the executive branch is really just one person. It's really just the president. That's the whole executive branch. But we're being run by, you know, I mean, how many people are there? What, 20,000 people in the executive branch supporting that? We're being run by these guys, bureaucrats. Yeah. Anyway. And seriously, that's where, and that's where the, the, the progressives and liberals in America Get it? Get gets it completely wrong because constitutionalism, okay, is a uh, it's a theoretical doctrine, right? That and now it has no more meaning because they have dumbed it down with with, with their laws, right? That they passed the counter. Can you can you define? I'm, I'm finding, and you can do this after your next thought because I don't want to take you off of it. But I'm finding a lot of people in social media are calling themselves constitutionalists. What the hell, what do they mean by that? Or what are they supposed to mean by that? Because people are way too comfortable calling themselves that. And I'm wondering why. Well, a constitutionalist, a true constitutionalist, is is it, well, you, you have two factions of that, right? You have the extreme constitutionalist, right, that are literally like, they, they take the literal word, let me take that back. Not the literal word, but they take the doctrine and they only apply it to spaces that it applies to. They say, look, the Constitution says this. And then you have the true constitutionalist that actually takes the words, understands the meaning of the moment and applies it in the modern time. Right? We call those originalist yeah right right we call them originalist right and a lot of us will agree like we are originalist right oh yeah i i, I certainly agree with that I, I i guess my i guess my thought on um i just it's just a mini a mini trend that i've noticed i think you know you know you know it's not enough to call yourself like if, if like the way I roll, if you're calling yourself a constitutionalist, you better be a, you need to be an expert in the constitution. Because yeah. I'm used to support justice nominees calling themselves constitutionalists and originalists. I'm used to that. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me. And I think right. that they actually know what they're talking about and know when they're lying, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how original they are with, with regard to the tech. But when I see guys on social media refer to them, I'm looking at them like yeah, uh, it, it, that's, that's, that's not, for you, that might not be a real thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, have you read the Federalist Papers or not? I mean, I mean, I could probably call myself one, but I don't, because I kind of reserve that for 
it's like a, it's like a from in my mind that term applies better to, to legal to scholars than than to than, than to um uh the I call, I, I call myself a I've called myself a constitutionalist for for probably fifteen twenty years. I think I think I think you can. I'm not referring to you. When I'm right, right. I'm just saying my, my criticism is not towards you. Right, I know, but I, I hear I hear the people that are calling themselves constitutionalists, and then you get into simple, stupid arguments about this, like the simplest things in the Constitution. The simplest of things. I said, I thought you were a constitutionalist. And they thought, right. That's, 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 right? That's, 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 that's exactly, this a plane going over my head, a helicopter. That's exactly my point. If you're going to call yourself that, you should, you should be able to win any debate about something that's constitutional. You should be able to win any debate on that. I, I, should, be, I should be deferring to you. Like, oh, go ask her. She's a constitutionalist. But I wouldn't do that for any of these people. But I said, oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, man. That's a little nuanced. Yeah, go ask her. She's got, but they're not equipped to do that. So, I mean, like, no. what are we doing here? No, not at all. Right. Right. And that goes back when I'm talking about the, the American progressives and American liberals, when it comes to, to our Constitution and our government, right? Because the Constitution and the government, right? Because the Constitution establishes government was created to protect natural rights. It wasn't created for the other way around. See, and this is where you can really define the statist, right? This is where you really define them. Because when you start talking about natural law and natural rights, and they start going off on a tangent over here, you know they're a statist. Because government is only supposed to protect natural law. That's all it is supposed to protect. And natural law is civil liberty. Period. All day, every day. All day, right? Day. Because I mean, if we look, if we look at what the view of the founders, even and, and I've even called out even some of the anti-federalists, right? They, you know, they even talked about, you know, the the people establish government, right, for the purpose of protecting the natural rights and the structure of the constitution by separating the powers between the branches, right? Which is also to preserve liberty by an arbitrary rule. But let me back that up. Let, let, let me come forward a little bit, right? How convoluted this has gotten, right? The progressives and the liberals passed the 17th Amendment. Oh, senators, right? Mm-hmm. You took away the individuality of the states out of the federal government. So much for preserving liberty. Yeah, that's that's got to get repealed. That's actually one of my. That's one of my. Like, if I had a list of things I want, I would want repealed. Is that one? That, that I, I, I find I find that to be unuseful, right? And, and, and right, unuseful a little bit. A light way to put it. I, it's un-American. Is what it is. You know, the the, the way we deal with senators is, is un-American and disenfranchising. By the way, um, so yeah, I, I don't like that at all. And amazing how many people don't even know. That 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 this the way we do it today isn't the way we've always done it, you know. Yeah, and they don't know nope. the Seventeenth Amendment, and they don't realize you know how how we used to play senators there and why. 
because when 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 we, when senators are sent by, I think the state legislature, they were accountable mm-hmm. to the state legislature. Yep, that's, that's right. Important. Yeah, you know, you didn't use recall. They, they could take them. They, they could, you know, without you know too much trouble, they could like take a guy back. You're not in, you're not acting in our interest. The state's interest. You know, these senators are looking out for the entire country nowadays. They're supposed to be looking out for the state of Indiana or whatever state you're from. You yeah, know, not for the whole country. You know, what does Alabama need? from their senator that that right be like that and when you and when you sway from that the state says hey wait a minute <laughs> bro we just wanted roads this time around or whatever it is right exactly instead the people are influencing senators and that's not how it's supposed to be i mean no, the sherman compromise the sherman yeah, compromise it, it, that, that, that should not that should not be you know senators should not be a statewide election the the the, the, the way the people can address their senators is by you know, which is much easier to do is by like, look, we gotta we gotta get these people out of the state legislature so we can get what we want there. Um, that that's how that's done. Yep, it holds accountability um, locally. It holds accountability locally at that point. Because I don't even think I mean you can recall a governor, but I don't think you can recall a senator. Nope, you can't recall a senator. Nope, there's no provision in the Constitution to do so unless your state has something in their state constitution because there because because the, there there's no nothing in the constitution that is preemptive of state law so a state could pass oh, a law yeah, to true. to recall that's well yeah they could but it's clumsy though so the way i would think that would unfold is this is that yes a state could a state could recall a, a, a senator but it's, it's it's because of the 17th amendment it's not as easy like it, the way it was before the state legislature could deal with a senator relatively right. quickly. Get back by yep. the weekend. You know they could yep. they could have a vote on they could have a vote on Wednesday and have you on a plane by Saturday. No problem. Yep. But the way it is now, you'd have to do like you'd have to have a, a special election. Yeah, you know it's just different. So as as a state, as, as, you know, I would never even like if I were in the state lake, I would never even go down that route. It's, it's, it's politically fraught. I've got to deal with with, with the with, with the entire population of my state on this. It's expensive and it's clumsy, yeah. And it's not what we need to do for senators. That's like what we do, you know. That's just not the right way. We are we, we already have, um, we, you know, we, we need to differentiate between what is a congressperson, you know, what is a lower house congressperson, and what is an upper house congressperson. And the way right. we're doing it, they're really the same. Yep, they're really the same. What? Yep. Know, they, they they they're they're the with regard to how they're put there, they're pretty much the same. This is kind of a you know, it's not by district. But they're too similar for me. Right. Right. Both chambers is a constituency of the people. We've ran up on time, Brother Burt, but I want to drop this dime on everyone since we've we've ended out basically talking about the state. Right. And and just a thought that hit my head. Right. The the administrative state. Right. The, the, The centralization of institutions of the federal bureaucracy. Right. Has become the regime, right? Underneath the Constitution, right? The, the administrative state has, thank you, Jimmy Carter, has systematically overthrown the Constitution. In its place comes unlimited authority of this bureaucracy ruled by the intellectual elite. 
in, in practice, though, the administrative state, not Congress, exercises the power of making laws by which we live by. Imagine that. Wow. Imagine, I mean, th- that's where we are. That's why the pin by the usurper in chief is so powerful because of the weight of the administrative state. I mean, that guy the other day, and I'll close with this, y'all. That guy the other day stood at that podium and said, we're contemplating mask mandates nationwide. How do you have the, the gall knowing you're supposed to know the Constitution Knowing darn well, nowhere in the framework of the Constitution gives the federal government authority to mandate anything on people. That's the state's authority. See, the exploitation of the General Welfare Clause in the Constitution made this possible. And the American people allowed it because they gave away their power to these politicians to represent them and don't snatch them back when they're do wrong or vote the way they're supposed to. They give it away because of a letter behind their name. This is where I, this is why America is going to continue to crumble until we correct those two things. I appreciate y'all this evening. Appreciate your brother Bert. Until next time, everybody, stay well, be blessed, and make sure you're here tomorrow night for Ammon Bundy. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Southern Liberty Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.bpmg.us or leave a rating and review on iTunes. To catch all the latest from Roderick, You can follow him on social media at manofjustice007. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers.